0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schapp. A golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions, For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels, we partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is
1: your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schaap. I recently sat down with former Arkansas Razorback great Joe Klein. He won an NBA championship, a gold medal in the Olympics for Team USA, and he also loves the game of golf. He's got some great stories. This is the first part of a two-part interview with Joe Klein. Big Joe from Slater Moe coming up after the break. But before we go to break, I need to tell you about bphotels.com. If you're traveling around the great state of Arkansas and find yourself in a place that you're not familiar with, Go to bphotels.com when you need an overnight accommodation, and they will lead you in the right direction. bphotels.com. We're back after this.
2: This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Me sponsoring a golf show is great irony. I've been a phenomenally bad golfer for 30 years. I don't know the difference between a penalty area and a bunker. I like it, but I'm really bad. You listen to this show and to Trey because he's a great golfer and knows the game backwards and forwards. I know auctions like Trey knows golf. I've been a professional auctioneer for 30 years. I know auctions. Trey knows golf. Listen to the correct expert. Call me to learn about auctions, not Trey. Since 1938, better auctions or Blackman auctions.
1: At Stevens, our philosophy is to invest every dollar as if it were our own. To seize opportunity. To anticipate rather than react to deliver constant focus in an ever-changing world and to pursue the objectives of our clients in order to help them reach their financial goals. A proven history of helping companies and individuals. Stevens, member NYSE
3: SIPC. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high quality bedding, comfortable baths with walk in showers, and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time. Time you visit el dorado
1: welcome back to from the short grass on the Tee, big joe from slater mode joe klein big joe klein thanks for joining me on from the short grass uh i imagine when you go to the golf course you have to ask for the extra large golf cart and the extra long golf
4: clubs uh yeah well i have to bring my own golf clubs so so there's not too many that fit and you know they uh they just don't make those golf carts for for me, so I just I got to deal with it. I hope hopefully I'm playing with somebody and I'm not driving. I don't I don't like to drive. <laughs> I was gonna say,
1: but some of the times when I see you driving, I mean the steering wheel is below the top of your knees.
4: Yeah, it's not optimal tray at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's just. But I mean, it is what it is. It's you know, it, it's it's all right. But whenever I whenever I can, uh, whenever I play with somebody, I'm always like, you can drive. I I don't want to drive.
1: You love the game?
4: Absolutely. I mean, I love it because it gives me a chance to still compete. It gives me a chance to play for something, you know, even if it's a $5 Nassau or, you know, who buys drinks after the round or whatever it may be. But, you know, you can stand over a putt or stand over a wedge shot, even if you're, trying to get on and make bogey, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're trying to beat the guy that's trying to get on and make bogey too. And so you're kind of uh, you know, that's what I like about it. It gives you it gives you a little bit of that feeling that you had I've had all my life. Do you think that most athletes are like that? I do. I think I think that's why they play because they're you know, y- you've had competitive juices, adrenaline, whatever you want to call it, um, your whole life. I mean, you've been doing it. You can't remember not doing it. You can't remember not having those feelings. And then if you're lucky enough like me to kind of get to do them till you're almost 40, you know, like in 15 years in the, in the league. And, but then it ends. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a gradual, I mean, then all of a sudden there's a, there's a void. I mean, it's, it's gone. You're not, you know, you're not, competing yourself you might coach or do some some of those things but it's still not the same
1: being in the nba and a player there as opposed to let's say a major league baseball player it would seem to me that picking up golf and playing golf would be more beneficial because that gives you something to do in the off season yeah you can get your workouts in and everything but the summertime is when you want to be playing golf especially for you when you were playing in chicago and boston those cold weather towns
4: yeah, I mean, I, I found a place, and when I was in Boston, you didn't really have indoor places where you that hadn't really become a thing yet, where you could go hit balls on a simulator or something. But I remember I found a place in Boston. I'm not in Boston, excuse me, Chicago. When I was up there, that had indoor mats, and you could you could go in there and hit into a screen, and mm-hmm. and I mean, I used to wear it out just just out of the kids are at school, uh, you know, you just even even on game days you just a lot of times when i was in phoenix i would go hit ball balls on the practice range after shoot around and i you know i would be starting or playing but it just it got my mind off of the game it, it gave me something to do that wasn't strenuous and it shortened the day i mean the worst thing in sports is game day especially night games we used to, every nba player if they say they, they didn't like when we would be on CBS at noon, we loved it. Because, I mean, you woke up, you ate, and it was on. Yeah. But, I mean, waking up, going to shoot around, coming home, eating, then there's five hours, and you're like.
1: You're thinking about your assignment for the night. Yes, what am yes, I going to do with drives this guy? You,
4: it drives you nuts. Yeah. You know, you just you, you want to get on with it. So I I loved going to just hit balls, chip, just just. So it wasn't on my mind. When did you pick up the game? How old were you? Oh, I was a rookie at Sacramento. I mean, uh, and I I wasn't thinking about it, but we were going down to Phoenix and Mark Olberding and uh, Mike Bratz and Eddie Johnson and Mike Woodson and all these guys, they were like, you need to go to the Ping Factory. And I was like, why? And he goes, back then they gave you a, if you were an NBA player, they gave you, they fitted you, gave you a bag. I mean, they gave you a, They took, I mean, they hooked you up. Wow. And and they said, yeah, you need to go over there and they're going to, I don't know if they gave it to us, Trey, but it was, if they didn't give it to us, it was dirt cheap. Right. It was dirt cheap. 50 cents. Yeah. And it was like a fitted, I mean, they've measured you and fitted you. And so you got the whole thing. And so I went over there and then about a month later, six weeks later, this beautiful bag and these sets of clubs come in and. You know, and I was like, okay, what do I do with this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was kind of funny. You know, I started, a guy started helping me a little bit, but I came back here. I was living here a little, I was coming back here in the, and I kind of got traded about then. And then so I started living here in the summer when I was with, uh, <clears throat> with, with Boston and Tommy Hansen. Yeah. He kind of taught me how to play to where I could go out there and, you know, I could be in your foursome and not you. You be standing over there, and and I'm hitting it fifty yards down the fairway, and you're sitting there trying to make birdie, and I'm I'm trying to make a twelve. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I could. He right. made it to where I could play, and you know, make a double bogey or whatever, bogey sometimes a par, but I could I could have fun, and so I I kind of learned learned it. The initial part of the game from him.
1: So you owe it to those teammates of yours there in Sacramento, yeah, of getting you involved in the game of golf. Yeah, because
4: I, I didn't have a clue. I mean, I but they were like, hey, you know, you know, you know, us ex athletes, man. If it's free, it's for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, it's like, hey, man, dude's giving away really good stuff over here you might want to go get it hey i'm in what, what, what's he giving? i don't know but it gonna go over there it's all oh, it's some golf clubs sweet yeah yeah <laughs> you know how like, to play yeah. no but i'll take them i'll find out i'll <laughs> figure I, it out i'll tell you what was funny about it though is i'd come back here and you know i wasn't very good but man i my, my name was on, engraved on my clubs and i had my name on my bag i had all the swag and i mean i'd get out there you know and be like hey man look at this you got He's got custom must, clubs. This guy must have game, and then they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's those, the, 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 I think the next question is, do you like to gamble when you play? Because <laughs> yeah. I think I can take <laughs> some hey, of you. Hey, Joe, you, you
4: want to play with us? <laughs> <laughs> we got a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, so when you went to Boston, who were who were the guys up there that that would play?
4: Oh, I mean, Mikhail was ate up with it. I mean, uh, you know, everybody. You know, uh, Mike Smith was a rookie with us uh larry played um was he any good yeah yeah no he was good there's a good uh, golf course in french lick yeah. indiana yeah it was, that uh pete die i used to go visit larry in french lick i used to always go on my when i was driving back to arkansas i would always stop there for a few days and that resort was abandoned when i when i was going through there and then one day i was you know years later mm-hmm. i'm watching in there and they Talking about this event they're having in French Lick at this resort. And I mean, Trey, it was it was in a like an abandoned house with weeds and and then they they went in there and I mean somebody dumped a ton of cash in there and it was like you know, I'm calling Larry and I'm going, Is that the course? It was right you know, it was it probably wasn't five miles from his house. And he was like, Yeah. It's like what happened? He goes, Somebody Dumped a lot of money into that thing. And yeah, I mean,
1: they brought Pete Dye in, and I had the opportunity to play in the <sighs> 2014 USGA state team there, and then it hosted the PGA Senior Championship, I believe, the year after. Mm. Um, but it's I, the second... You're just
4: saying that. I, I can't believe it. You can't. It was a dump.
1: Well, I'm telling you, Joe, it was one of the toughest golf courses I've ever played, mm. toughest walks I've ever had in the game of golf, it's on the second highest peak in the state of Indiana the views are phenomenal um bent grass fairways bent grass greens wow. lush rough ultra thick but mm. yeah it's uh and they have the old house there still to this day with a big huge flagpole American yeah, flag yeah. at the top and that old house
4: mm. is still on that property wow I mean that just boggles my mind
1: and then I think uh Wes mcNulty and I ate it someplace in the town of French Lick. and of course it's a yeah it's a uh basically a memorabilia shop of Larry right. bird memorabilia right. in right. there I mean it was cool yeah it might have been Jubal's was it a bar it was like that or a burger place yeah something like that you One keep place, in touch with him yeah
4: lunch? a little bit a little bit I mean it's hard when you you know you get your family going and his sure. family going and you're not and but, you know, I'm I'm hoping, you know, Dana and I are kind of empty nesters now. And so hoping to start kind of doing maybe little, doing
1: some reunions,
4: a little traveling and seeing some people we haven't seen for a while and just not being in a hurry to get in and get out because you got to get back for school or get back for, you know, be able to go somewhere and stay a little while and kind of right. reconnect.
1: Yeah, I think that would be cool. You talked about Phoenix and going down there to get fitted, but you actually ended up in Phoenix too. And talk about uh, as a guy oh. that fell in love with the
4: game of golf, being in Phoenix, oh, you was... can play year round there. And I got to tell you this, because uh, you know I still wasn't very good. And Dan Marley and I became great friends, and he'd always want me to go play golf. And I, you know, I could shoot ninety five, or and I could and I would try to play fast and not, but I mean. You know, and Charles was good, too. Charles was about a 15. And so, like, one night he invites me after a game. To, he goes, hey, you know, I got somebody you want to meet. And it's a guy who worked with him. And he, uh, and his name was Craig Bunker. As in Bunker. His real last name was Bunker. Bunker. A golf pro named okay. Bunker. And and Dan looked at me and goes, this guy's name's Bunker. I want He's going to work. And he's a great guy. And he goes, he'll help you with your golf game. He was, at that time, one of the top 100 you know, instructors. On, instructors in the country. And he worked for John Jacobs Golf Schools, and uh, he was their top instructor. Great guy. Still one of my talked to him yesterday. One of my best friends ever. But the guy who invented, excuse me, who introduced Dan to Craig. You know what his last name was, and I'm not kidding, Harvey Shank. So I got, I got this instructor. Yeah. Craig Bunker who was introduced by Harvey Shank. So Shank and Buckner Bunker were helping me play golf. And that's a that's a true and we have we had such we had great laughs about that all the time. It's like, yeah, this is this is gonna work. Yeah. What's Marley's game like? Oh he's he's strong. He hits it a mile and uh he put he practices. He puts a lot of time into it. And he he was always he was always going up to Lake Tahoe and he mm-hmm. would he'd finished top 20 or stuff up there. And, uh, he, you know, he got into coaching a little bit at grand Canyon and, and then the NBA and kind of got back into that life. Uh, and so that, you know, that, that you don't have time to right really get after it. But he, I think he's back since he was let go by grand Canyon. He has some, a lot more time now and his kids are getting older too. And so, I think he's he plays at Arizona Country Club, which is a really really nice place, and, uh, and and he can he can hit it he can he can get it around. He's he's good.
1: Obviously, and you spoke about Charles Barkley too, saying he was a fifteen. Did he have the the
4: no, the hitch no. in his swing no, back no, then? No. When did that come along? He went to Houston. He when he went down to Houston, he came back that next summer after he'd been away from us. He still had a place in Phoenix and. You know, we, when he got in town, we'd all go play golf and it, you know, he started doing all that stuff. And what did you say to him the first time? Well, he did I mean, it? We, we thought he was clowning around. We're kind of like, you know, what are you doing? And he's, and he go, I can't stop. And we're like, whatever, Chuck, come on, let's play. I mean, and he would, you know, and he would do it again. And we're like, and then like third or fourth hole, you're like, and he's like, he goes, I'm telling you guys, I can't stop doing this. I, and he goes, I can't. I can't stop. And it was just, it was bizarre. It was just, it was strange. And I mean, you know, it was kind of, you know, we were kind of laughing, but he, you know, there was kind of a real serious moment where he was like, you know, this ain't funny. I can't stop doing this. I'm right. Not, I'm not kidding. Right. <laughs> you know, this is not a joke, you know, and, and it was, it was like, well, damn! Then you ought to quit. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a lot of sympathy there. It was like, I was about I mean, to it, say there wasn't from our group. It wasn't like, oh man, that's too bad. Can I help you? It was like, man, dude, damn, you ought to quit. <laughs> if that's how it's going to be, you need to quit. But he was a guy,
1: and I think the 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 deal with him is he's a guy that likes to gamble. Oh, and loves the game of golf. Oh, uh-huh. and he's gonna gamble. When he's playing golf, no matter what, even with his oh, pitch
4: in a swing, I mean, I would go play with him, and he always wanted to gamble because he wanted some something like we were talking about earlier—some yeah. juice, some gotta you know, have something you know, on you it. Know, and 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 so we'd be like, okay, Charles, you know how many? You know, I'll give you. And I'm I watched him play, and I mean, I mean me, I was looking at him, go, I'll give you a stroke a hole. And he, you know, he's a, so offended by that. I mean, he's like, I don't need no damn strokes from you. I'm not, you know, i beat you. And, I was, and I'm like, you know, and I, I, I want to play straight straight up, you know. We're going to play match play and stroke play. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, and wait, I, wait, wait, wait a second. How
1: do you do that?
4: No, he he wanted to keep scoring two c you know, because he wanted. And I'm just like, you know, Charles would be better for you to just play match play, you know. Yeah no, we're going to do both, you know, and, and I, I want to, you know, and I mean, and you know, I'm not a big gambler. I mean, I like a little something, but I I don't want to get uncomfortable. And, and I mean, I looked at him. I was like, whatever you want to do, buddy. He <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was like, whatever you want, you know, and he'd, he'd you know, he'd go, we're going to do a hundred dollar Nassau. And, you know, usually I'd be like, you're, you're out of your mind. I'm not playing for that much money. And I but was with like, him? oh, I was like, Hell yeah! <laughs> and then right, you know, right before we teed off, I was like Dana, you know, get us reservations at the really nice steak place tonight. We're going on eat. <laughs> we'll get a good bottle of wine, and we'll, we're going to have a really good dinner tonight. And, but you know, then he, you know, he'd have a twelve on the first hole, and then here we go. We're off to the, you know, <laughs> we're off to the races. So it's just like, you know, it, we were we were all wanting him to get it fixed because he was such so much fun to play with before. I mean, we would. The three and a half, four years we were together, he and we'd play with Roy Green and Dan Marley and Charles and me. We would play all the time, and uh, we would just we'd we'd just have a hoot. We'd have so much fun. And then, you know, we kind of wanted that back, but you know he he went mental on us. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, I saw him swinging a little bit at Tahoe last year. It seemed yeah, it seems like he's just, working on it. He's trying to get it back. Did you ever lose to him? Not to him. No, he, Roy, Roy Green was good and he and Charles would always team up. Yeah. against me and Dan, they, they would always want to make it a racial thing. They, that's true. Dan, I mean, <laughs> Charles was like, we, you know, we're going to play the brothers against the hunkies, you know, and <laughs> it's like, whatever, but we have good, you know, cause Dan and Roy were good. And, and Charles and I, again, we were both about 15 handicap back then. And so we, we had some really good matches
1: he is on inside the nba on TNT with Kenny Shaq and EJ and usually the week after the masters they have what they call the black, the black masters, masters. <laughs> and he has played in it and i i believe ernie johnson won it last yeah. year but they go to some course right there in georgia outside of atlanta or right in atlanta yeah. and they play
4: yeah no it, it it's and I, I, last time I was talking to him, I, you know, I was like, I want to play in the Black Masters, and he's like, Come on, man, come on! And I, was, you know, and I, it just—it's never worked. But you know, now it, it might—it might work now. So I mean, not that I want to be on TV or anything, because I—I don't want anybody to see my swing on TV. <laughs> but I mean, you just want to be there for the entertainment. Oh, it's, value. Oh, it's fun. It just—you can. But and and what you see on TV is, you know, you when you watch something like that on TV with Charles, you go, Man, that looks like fun. And I promise you it is because, I mean, he, what you see on TV is how he is. I mean, that is that's why he's so beloved is that, you know, he is he's 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 100 percent genuine. Now, some people don't like some of that and some people do, but it's none of it's fake. I can promise you
1: Joe with me and Chuck. He doesn't have an agenda. Right. And he comes across, and he's just going to tell you how he feels. You ask him a question, he's
4: going to give you an answer, whether you like it or not. Sometimes it's asinine, answer. (laughs) Yeah. But it's what he thinks. I mean, he used to say stuff before games, you know, and it was like Belushi saying, you know, when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor in Caddyshack, you know, and everybody would be, you know be looking at each other and be like, just let him go. You know, just let him go. (laughs) He's trying to hype himself up. He's trying to make a point. Just (laughs) let him go. But I mean, but it was, it was genuine. Right. And then the best thing about it later on, when we're having beers or something after the game or somewhere, we could call him out on what he said and we, you know, he wouldn't get, he would, we'd all laugh about it. I mean, he could, you know, he'd go, yeah, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Once he got a chance to right, sit there and think right. about what he had actually yeah. said,
1: he probably says
4: that nowadays, too. Yeah. But hey, like, it's yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, it, he got misquoted in his own autobiography. <laughs> yeah. So we'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> he and Shaq just going back and forth on that show. Uh, I think it's hilarious. I mean, Shaq and they welcomed Draymond Green the other day, the yeah. first uh, player. To have a contract yeah. with TNT and and uh, Shaq was saying, "Hey Draymond, you 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 send me five hundred K right now, and I'll punch Chuck in the face." <laughs>
4: the money these cats are making now that that's not a that's not that might happen <laughs> he might have it in his wallet with the cash these guys yeah, are making he now said he, he wouldn't do it he yeah. said
1: he thanked Chuck for everything that he had done for him to help yeah. him he said so uh, yeah he goes I uh, can't do that he goes but I wouldn't mind watching you do it though <laughs>
2: This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor his show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions.
3: With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high quality bedding, comfortable baths with walk in showers, and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit el dorado since
1: 1938 better auctions have always been blackman auctions go check out one of our great sponsors on the web if you're looking for an auction to attend blackmanauctions.com is where you can find all of their upcoming auctions on the tee with our weekly rule segment it's pga master professional adam carney adam this rule question comes in from walker in mountain home He says, I like to
5: play in four balls. Is it okay to accept cash when his team wins their flight? So the answer now is yes. Uh, That's a rules change that came about three, four years ago, I think. Um, It used to be it was merchandise only, not valued more than $750. But it could be a gift card. Sure, sure. That you use in the pro shop, correct? Right, not valued more than $750, and it could not be cash. Um, so, it, and it used to be actually that if you took that seven hundred and fifty dollar gift card and bought, uh, you know, a driver and several dozen balls, and then went out and sold them to somebody for five hundred dollars, that was an amateur status violation because you took that and effectively turn it into cash for your winnings. Um, now the USGA and the RNA have softened that. Um, they're they are allowing individuals to accept up to a thousand cash. I, I would say that's kind of a controversial one because it is a, a pretty big departure from amateur status and kind of the history of the game being founded by amateurs and as you you well know that you know the best players in the world, you know, leading up to the the Ben Hogans and the and the Gene Saracens and the furley I mean, Walter Hagan's the early yeah. pros, you know the best players in the world were all amateur players. Mm-hmm. You know Bobby Jones is probably still one of the top five greatest players of all time. Francis, we met. Francis, we met. Of course, you know he won one major. Right. Well, two if we include the USAM. He did win USAM as well. You know amateur players dominated. You know the four, well the four majors. Right. The four majors were the US Open the Open Championship, the British mm-hmm. Open a lot of people call it, and the US Amateur and the British Amateur. So that was that was the original Grand Slam that Bobby Jones won. You know, the the move to allow players to accept cash. I think it's a common sense thing. I think it was probably happening a lot. Um it was something the USGA obviously wasn't policing. State golf associations weren't policing that kind of thing. And it probably just made sense to go ahead and put a cap on it and say okay, and it's
1: probably more so coming out to where there's a cap now because of the NIL with collegiate golfers?
5: It, I mean, it, it certainly lends itself to that. Um, I, you know, I can remember when I played in college, I had to be very, very careful about a lot of things, it, whether it was cash or, or you know, receiving merchandise or all the old NCAA rules, which, you know, and, I, and I'm not up to speed on all the NIL stuff. I have pretty uh, a base understanding, but amateur rules – for golf always flew in the face of the NCAA. I mean, there were times where I was okay to accept this under the amateur rules set forth by the USGA and the RNA, but under the NCAA, I couldn't. Those two clashed a lot, I would say, now, given the new NIL rules, that uh, that probably they're, they're not near the discrepancy.
1: A lot of these clubs have Calcuttas, and they have mm-hmm. other forms of – gambling if you will on a particular tournament right so let's say he wins the tournament wins his flight he gets that thousand dollars but he's also won the calcutta what happens then
5: yeah so that i would say is a distinct gray area right you know that's probably a supreme court decision right (laughs) Given what's going on in our country (laughs) right now everything is going to the supreme court but you know i don't think anybody's going to be again policing that i don't think anyone's policing calcutta's um, you know, the argument can be made, hey, they, he won $1,000 in his flight. And then we move to another component of amateur status, which is gambling, gambling on individuals, gambling on on teams between uh, participants. I, I mean, I think it's just one of those things that that's just not – uh, it's known, but you know everybody just kind of turns their back to it and, and doesn't really say anything. I think if, if an issue were ever made of it, I don't know how the USGA would actually rule on that. I think state governments, depending upon the amount of money in the Calcutta and gambling, um, you know, would have something to say about it from a tax standpoint. Um, and I think clubs, if clubs are the ones sponsoring those those Calcuttas, that could that could be an issue. But if it's an outside organization, and the event is at that club, you know, the club may be free of any liability. But I don't think you need to be afraid of going up there and collecting that envelope anytime soon. So, Walker and Mountain Home, let's get it correct. You can win up to
1: $1,000, and it can be cold, hard cash now. It can. It can be $1,000 cash. He's Adam Carney. I am Trey Shap. Walker and Mountain Home, thanks for the question. You can send in a question to our rules expert, Adam Carney. Right here, just uh, send us an email, from the shortgrass at gmail.com. That's it for this edition of From the Short Grass. Remember to always repair your ball marks on the green and a couple of more, and I hope to see you from the short grass.
0: You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.